statement, our mission statement. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the great mission that we have, the great commission that we read from Matthew earlier on, and the great ministry of reconciliation in this world. Lord, we thank you that it's because of Jesus, and it's, it's a message about Jesus, and it's with Jesus. Help us as a church to understand our mission, and Lord, to fulfill it faithfully till we see Jesus come again, until the end of our task is over. And we pray for your help in his precious name, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's uh, get our Bibles and uh, let's keep them ready. Um, so when we think about mission statements, when we think about mission statements, there are companies around the world, big companies and small companies, I guess, alike that have a kind of a goal and aim and they sometimes encapsulate it in what we call a mission statement and uh, we've got tesla which is a, a very uh, famous company and their mission statement is this to accelerate the world's transition to sustainable energy and what about google we're all familiar with google uh, to organize the world's information and make it universally accessible and useful and then Coca-Cola, I'm sure we've all heard of Coca-Cola, to refresh the world, they say, to inspire moments of optimism and happiness, to create value and make a difference. That's their big goal, their mission statement. And then the United Nations, the maintenance of international peace and security. And the jury might be out whether they do that very well. Uh, and uh, we might have different views on the different companies there about uh, whether they're fulfilling their mission statements or not, and whether it actually means anything significant or not in world history. But what is our mission statement? What is the mission statement for us, for the church? Well, the Lord Jesus certainly gives us our mission. We read earlier on, Joel read from Matthew 28, and Jesus is speaking to his disciples just before he's about to go to heaven. And he says to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. And so we could summarize our mission statement as this. Our mission with Jesus' authority and powerful presence is to spread the gospel through all the world, and to thoroughly teach and train every new Christian to be a disciple-making disciple. That's our mission in a sentence or sentence a couple of sentences another way of describing it is in acts chapter 1 verse 8 which is describing if you like the geographical spread of the gospel jesus said to his disciples just before again he left for heaven he says you will receive power when the holy spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in jerusalem and in all judea and samaria and to the ends of the earth so we see the geographical spread of the gospel to the ends of the earth and Jesus gave these instructions to the new church, and it needs to continue. This is our commission. This is our great mission to the ends of the earth and to the ends of the age. And so now we're still in it to win it and to finish it. That's our mission. And so we need to consider our mission statement on two levels. First of all, we need to consider it uh, as individual Christians, and then we need to consider it as a church body. If we see ourselves as part of the church team, then we don't all have to be preachers. We don't all have to be evangelists. We don't all have to be full-time missionaries. We don't all have to be strategic administrators or children's workers. God has made us all differently. 
And we all have different roles within the life of the church, within the team. And that's the beauty of being a diverse church family. But we still need to be individually, every single one of us, clear on our mission. We need to be clear on our mission statement and clear on how we're going to contribute to the team. So as this church, Fernwood Community Church, as this church moves towards getting back into action in person in Fernwood, let's think and pray about how you and I, how we are going to contribute to the team and what the Lord would have you to do to fulfill our mission statement. And we have some exciting things coming up uh, towards Easter, around Easter time uh, already, even though we'll still be restricted in what we can do. We are ho hoping to do things like an Easter trail. And so listen out for news and information about that. So we are hoping to do things in the near future, but also we're thinking further ahead. What kind of sh shape are we as a church? What is, what is our mission statements? Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We're all different, created by God uniquely. Now, uh, a friend and uh, fellow Christian, Julian Price, who uh, go, attends the, the services at Pelham Street, I asked him if he had a uh, kind of poem, because it's, it's a kind of a word art uh, po poem, poem writer. And uh, I asked him if he had a, a poem on the thought of being a team and having different roles in the life of the church. And he didn't, but uh, within 24 hours, he wrote one. So I'm going to read it to you. So this is a kind of poem that needs to be spoken out. It's not so effective just simply reading it. So I'll try and read it as best, best as I can. And the title is Roll With It. They say there's no I in team. So let's see what that could mean for the church. There are loads and loads of things to do in church. And for the want of a better word, we call them roles. And the goal of all these roles is souls. But we'll get to that. We all have one, you see, a role, that is. There's the really obvious ones like preaching and teaching, reaching out, usually from the front of the room or on a small screen like Zoom. These proclaimers bury their heads in the word and pray that it's heard by as many as possible. They might be speaking to those of us who have been around the blocks and are only a few grey hairs short of a full house. Or in the case of the Sunday school team and youth workers, explaining Bible stories to those just rounding their first corner of life. Same message, same goal, unique roles. We're not all preachers and teachers, though, and that's a good thing. Some of us use a different set of tools to share the king. Singing a song, playing a guitar, giving someone a lift in our new fancy car, those knocking on doors, scrubbing floors, those praying, doing battle and dragon slaying, those making the tea, cleaning the loo, all essential members of this crew, we call the church. It might be a shake of a hand, a pat on the back, COVID regulations currently apply. It could be a screwdriver because it's a God-given knack. It might be a friendly smile, an invite to a meal or a word of warmth that seals the deal. Someone needs to count the cash to make sure all the numbers match, to buy the paint to cover the wall by the faithful helpers in their overalls. And don't forget the whiz kids, the button pressing, volume checking, YouTube uploading Zoomsters. Crucial, one and all, from top to bottom, front to back, pulpit to pew, foyer to kitchen, storeroom to car park. Your role or roles in the church 
is the one God made for you. For he will bless you. And we are all grateful for. Thank you. And like we said at the start, all these roles have special and unique design to show the world Jesus. When we show the world Jesus as one united body, one church with many roles, anything can happen. Now go, preach like only you can preach, sing like only you can sing, make cake like nobody else, smile your special smile, encourage the person next to you because only you can in that moment. Rest in the knowledge that Jesus is with you, has already been before you, and is coming up behind you to hold you just when you need holding. I'm grateful to uh, Julian for that, uh, that word art there, and I hope it speaks, speaks to us. Now, imagine any tool, a hammer, I've got a hammer in my hands here, or it could be a saucepan, it could be a spade. And there's a bit up front, isn't there? The bit that does the kind of work that hits the nail, or the part that the saucepan that receives the soup, or the bit of the spade that cuts into the soil. And then there are, there are the parts that support the bit up front to enable the tool to be held and to be used, like this handle here on this hammer. Now, we may have an upfront role or a supportive role, but each part is needed. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it says, God, in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. Now, we've learned before about being a team, haven't we? The importance of being a team. But the emphasis today is a team where each individual is clear on the mission statement. And that's the emphasis today, that we are each as individuals clear on the mission statement. We, we walk with our individual styles and gait, but we walk as one in one direction. Now, if the hammer handle goes in one direction and the hammer head goes in the other direction, then the hammer's broke, isn't it? <laughs> and we need to get out of the way because something's flying through the room and the nail doesn't get nailed. So it's important that the handle and the hammer head go in the same direction and don't come apart. So is the mission statement of the church your own? Do you see yourself as part of the team that is to spread the gospel through all the world and to thoroughly teach and to train every new Christian to be a disciple-making disciple? For, inst for instance, when you look at a crowd of people, when you think about people in other countries who are restricted from hearing the gospel, when you work alongside your colleagues, do you think about your part in the mission statement? Is the mission statement of the church at the heart of your heart. Let's put it another way. If you were a stick of rock, what would your insides say? Would they say to spread the gospel through all the world and be a disciple making disciple? Is that what's inside you? If not, or maybe if it's half-heartedly there, let's pray that it would be truly there, that the mission statement would be in us as individuals and as a church. Now, secondly, we're we're looking for opportunities to, we need to be looking for opportunities to fulfill our mission statement. We were thinking of the armour of God last week and we, one of the questions we asked was, have you got your boots on? In Ephesians 6 verse 15, it says about your feet fitted with the readiness that comes 
from the gospel of peace? Are you fitted with that readiness? Have you got your gospel shoes on or, or your gospel boots on? Are we looking for opportunities? Are we ready? We need to be always on the lookout for opportunities if we have the mission statement in the core of who we are. Looking for opportunities to make links with people because we love people made in God's image, because we care for people around us. And always on the lookout for opportunities to share the gospel with them because we love these dear people who are made in God's image. But these dear people now are in a condition of separation from God. Those who don't know about Jesus, they're in a position of separation from God, spiritually lost and, and needing salvation like we were. But now we have the answer to contribute, to share, to bring to them. I remember years ago, I went on a number of beach missions and basically they're children's meetings on the beach, like a Sunday school on the beach. And we used to do that reaching holiday makers, the children and the families and do various activities on the beaches. They still do beach missions, various places around the country. And we also did open air meetings on the, on the kind of seafront in the evenings, speaking to the, to the crowds who were there on holiday. And one of the leaders of beach missions and in general uh, open air work that I was training in was my old friend called Edwin Baker. Now, at a beach team reunion we had, we took over this uh, uh, Bible college hall and we, we met together. Uh, all the different teams have been on beach missions through the, through the last year. Uh, and some of the young people did a sketch on a kind of fun night. And they were pulling the legs of the various leaders, uh, thinking of their quirks and characteristics. And it was, it was a good laugh, it was good fun. And they also included Edwin in these sketches. And the essence of the joke was how Edwin, Edwin was constantly looking for opportunities to share the gospel with people. And the punchline was this, that's a good opportunity. That's a good opportunity. And if you knew him, you would uh, understand, understand the joke. And, and it was true. He was always on the lookout for a good opportunity to share the gospel with someone. Now, this was 20 odd years ago, over 20, 20 to 30 years ago. And I lived, with, lived and traveled with him for about a year or just over a year. And he would pick up hitchhikers to take the opportunity. He would, when he went shopping, when we stopped in a town, he had to get some shopping, he would look around the town precinct for a good place to preach from, a place where there were benches where you could have an audience and, and do some open air, open air evangelism. He was always looking for a good opportunity for open air meetings. We uh, heard about a felling of a big tree in Derbyshire and we expected a, a crowd to gather from the village and we were expecting it to be a good opportunity. So we went along and we, we held a service there at the felling of this big, big old oak tree. So you get the picture. He was Mr. Opportunity. Now, he, he is a gifted evangelist, uh, quite elderly now, but we cannot be carbon copies or photocopies of him or any other Christian. But shouldn't we have a heart and an eye for any good opportunity to share the gospel? If the mission statement to go into all the world, to the ends of the earth, surely we should have this desire looking searching for a good opportunity to share the gospel one way or another we have been given a ministry to be part of and it should be a part of us drew read from 2 corinthians 5 earlier on about the ministry of reconciliation god has committed to us uh, there in verse 19 god has committed to us the message of reconciliation therefore we are christ's ambassadors as though god were making his appeal through us and the message is we implore you if you're not yet a Christian listening to this presentation, we implore you, be reconciled to God. God made Jesus, who had no sin, to be sin for us. And he died on the cross so that we could be forgiven. So that in him, through faith in him, we might be right 
with God. We might become the righteousness of God, looking for opportunities. Then the third thing is this, that our mission statement, as well as creating in us a desire to look for opportunities, should shape us as a local church. Now, our mission with Jesus' authority and powerful presence is to spread the gospel through all the world and to thoroughly teach and train every new Christian to be a disciple-making disciple. Now, this mission statement, if we get it into our heart, will shape us to be a bold and confident church, a bold in Jesus. All authority, Jesus says, has been given to me. Go. And he says, I will be with you. So we have the authority of the Son of God. And with this authority, we go in faith. Our own great weakness feeling, as the hymn goes, we go not self-confidently or arrogantly, but boldly on our mission with Jesus to the ends of the earth, till the end of the age. We go boldly in his name to spread the gospel through all the world, starting in the streets around the village hall where we meet amongst our neighbours and friends. We're part of a movement to reach all nations. We're part of a movement to, to reach all racial groups and cultures. This shapes our outlook. It shapes our embrace, if you like. It shapes our practice. And our mission statement then will shape our outlook, our outlook. We are globalists and internationalists in the best senses of the words. We look out from ourselves to the others. We're not to be a holy huddle. We're not to be a holy huddle. We think about the people behind the doors of the streets we pass through on our way to the meetings. We don't simply go to our meetings and have a nice time together. As we pass the doors, we're thinking, what about them? Who's behind that door, in that street, in this street? What about the people who don't come to our meetings? How can we help them? How can we engage with them? It shapes our outlook. It makes us think about the people of different cultures, different backgrounds. How can we engage with them? If someone doesn't have English as their first language, how can we engage with them? If someone is from a different country of the world and has a different culture, how can we engage with that dear person and their family? We think about the people behind those doors and we look be beyond to unreached people groups around the world with at very least our prayers and support of mission beyond our horizons. It shapes our outlook. It also shapes our embrace. You know, if we have the mission statement at the heart of our heart, then we don't like it if we fail to see representatives of the community out there, not in here. It shapes our embrace. We want to embrace wider. We want people from the different, uh, rep, rep, different representatives of the community around us to be there amongst us. All the demographic groups represented amongst us. It shapes our embrace. And it also shapes our practice. Our meetings and our outreach will be fundamentally Bible-shaped, won't they? Bible principles of awe and reverence and truth and devotion and godliness. But we are not really a godly practicing church if we're not shaped by our mission statement, which is a biblical command to go, to make disciples of all nations. The Apostle Paul, he was shaped by the Great Commission. His outreach and his teaching was very much shaped by that. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, he says this, some words that many of us will be very familiar with. And he's talking about how he goes about his missionary work, about how he reaches people of different cultures, whether they be of a Gentile or non-Jewish culture or a Jewish culture. And 
he says this, I have become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save some. I do this, all do all this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings. So by all possible means to save that I might save some. Now, Paul was uncompromising on the culture of the gospel, sorry, uncompromising on the gospel and on Christian ethics, but he was flexible on culture. He was flexible on the culture. So when he went around, he didn't impose any one culture on the new churches in the various countries that he ministered in. He didn't impose his culture on the different uh, new churches that he helped to found. Now, in a time of empire building, uh, the Zambezi mission, uh, Hudson Taylor with the China Inland Mission, as two examples, they were missionaries and organizations that deliberately refused to export and impose their culture to the folk that they went to. So they, for example, when they went to, to Africa in the Zambezi mission, working in Malawi and Mozambique and so on, and uh, Hudson Taylor and the China, China Inland Mission, when they went out to, the, 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 to China to share the gospel there, they refused to take the British culture out to that country. They dressed and lived as African people, as Chinese people, so that they wouldn't impose a culture upon them. And that's what Paul did. This is the principle of, of Paul that used. And when it comes to a local church, amongst a mix of backgrounds around us, in the homes, in the houses around us, we need to present the gospel faithfully. But we need to be prepared not to impose or expect that people from diverse backgrounds become a stereotype. And our practice will embrace and adapt to the good and the variety of the, the cultures represented amongst us. And that might be reflected in our music, in our presentation styles, and in a flexibility to, uh, to reaching diverse groups of people, being willing to adapt and not simply do things the way we've always done them because it suits us. And so there's a, a flexibility there. It shapes us. It makes us more flexible. So if we grasp this mission statement, it will shape us. It will cause us to be bold. It will shape our outlook, our embrace, and our practice. And then last of all, our mission statement will shape our aims and our priorities. Our aims and priorities. Again, our mission with Jesus' authority and powerful presence is to spread the gospel through all the world and to thoroughly teach and train every new Christian to be a disciple-making disciple. Jesus said, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Now, questions, is our aim, are we aiming at simply getting lots of people on lots of seats and looking successful? Is that our aim? Is our aim to get lots of people to pray a prayer and say they're a Christian and then we move on? Is that our aim? Is that what we're trying to do? Is our aim to be political influencers or a bunch of amateur social workers? Is it to be seen, to be seen in society doing good? Is it to have a good media impact, to have good optics? Is that our aim? Well, it is great to have a church uh, church building full, isn't it? It's great to have lots of people professing faith. Of course it is. And it's true that when Christian ethics and values influence a society, the poor, the vulnerable, the outcasts are cared for. 
it's good to have favour with the community and even with the media. But if we lose sight of the goal, our aims may be worthy, but they can become misguided. And we can end up missing the goal, the real goal, and actually losing our gospel edge that ultimately makes the real difference to people's lives. We're to spread the gospel through all the world and to thoroughly teach and train every new Christian to be a disciple-making disciple. That's important. This is our goal. And if we are to reach our goal, our aims will be formed and directed by what we're aiming at, by what we ultimately want to reach. And clearly, we need, need to aim to engage with people on a deep level, teaching and training, teach them to obey all things. Make disciples, Jesus says. We need to be involved in not just simply seeing people to make a profession of faith, but helping them to grow and develop teaching and training. We're not just to get people on the seats. We're not just to be seen to be doing good in the community. We have a clear message to offer in love to all, but we need to seek a deep engagement with people who follow Jesus, who want to follow him and to thoroughly teach and train them. We don't leave people, if you, if you like, up to, the, up to the door and see them in and then leave them. We go on the journey with people all through. We help them to become disciple makers too. And so it's a very different aim if we get the mission statement into our hearts. It shapes our practice. It's not about numbers. It's not about packing people in and, and watering down things to make it easy. But it's about individuals that are our prime concern, individual people, loving people caring for people, seeing their needs, helping them, walking the journey with them as they become disciple-making disciples. We must be far from satisfied with superficiality, but longing for a depth of teaching and training that transforms individual lives, which will then, of course, bless and influence our community and will make a real difference, a real long-term fundamental difference to people around us. So if we get the mission statement in our hearts, under our belts, then it will make a difference to our shape it'll shape our aims so then as we draw to conclusion are you am i are we shaped by our mission statement what rearrangement of our priorities of my priorities of your priorities do we need to make in the light of our mission statement what changes to our mindset do we need as we go forward as a local church what Increased flexibility do we need? Where do we need to be firmer and stronger and more resolute? Where do we need to embrace wider and be, be ready to make those sacrifices of walking along with individuals, engaging with them on the journey? How do we need to adapt our practice as a local church to the needs and the diversity of the community around us? These are questions we can think and pray about and explore in the coming months and as the Lord leads us on into the future. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, Jesus our King says, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And in summary, our mission statement, our mission with Jesus' authority and powerful presence is to spread the gospel through all the world and to thoroughly teach and train every new Christian to be a disciple-making disciple. Let's pray that God will help us to do that. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this great mission you've given to us. 
this great, awesome responsibility. And Lord, it's, it's awesome, it's fantastic, but it's also a responsibility. And Lord God, we ask that you would help us as we seek to shape our lives as individuals and as a local church, shape ourselves upon this mission statement to have good aims and goals. And Lord God, that we would be an effective a team to spread this gospel, to spread this message of reconciliation to the lost and lonely in our society. Lord, to the diverse people, different ages, different cultures, different languages, different backgrounds, different hurts, different experiences. Lord, help us as we seek to be the people that we need to be, to be those involved in this ambassadorial work for you. So we pray for your help and blessing in Jesus' name. Amen.